0: I made a goal to sit in a wellness every day for two years. And when I started, I did 233 days in a row, Mm. every day. I did, you know, Christmas Eve, New Year's Day, Easter Sunday. It didn't matter if it was pouring rain. Welcome to The Solution, a real estate
1: podcast, where we talk about the fact that it's time to put the consumer first in real estate. Jeff Seabach and Phil Sexton run a residential real estate team in Arizona that closed over $230 million in sales in 2018. Join us as they interview top real estate agents from across the country and learn how agents are adjusting to this consumer-centric world. If you like what you hear, please share with your colleagues or give us a like.
2: This is episode... One hundred and two. Phil Sexton on air
1: with my co-host Jeff Sebach. How you doing, Jeff Sebach? You know, I'm, I am. I am extra especially good because we got a awesome guest today. We a
2: killer by all definitions of this of the word. Uh, should I share his numbers first, or do we want to throw his name out? We're gonna go numbers. Oh, all right. So, uh, you know, this this agent who has been like one of the in, like individually. He has been in the top five agents in the valley year over year over year, right? He's number one at his brokerage, which is a brokerage. Have you ever heard of, um, oh, what's it called? Realty Executives? Yes.
0: Yes, James Wexler in the house. Woo! Give him a round of
1: applause. I mean, if I was going to go on, if I had needed to win a listing appointment or a buyer appointment, I almost would send him instead of me. I mean, he's that good. <laughs> okay, hold on now. Wex, can I call you Wex? Yeah. <laughs> Please.
0: First of all, thank you that's for coming. That's a high compliment. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I would say the same thing. No, oh, just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. Yes,
2: I, I love it. I love it. Thank you for coming down and chatting with us today. Thanks for having me. Yep. We were uh, obviously we had some conversation ahead of the ahead of the show. I want to share with our listeners, kind of. Uh, where you look at the business as far as the sweet spot for you, for your organization, you have a couple of people that work with you, but we'll we'll get to that. But 50 million is your goal, right? Like yes. that that number annually in closed volume gives you the life that you want to live, the business that you want to run. You you were right there in 2017, and then 2018 you had a, a what you call an anomaly. Yeah. And 83, 80, 80 plus million dollars in sales last year, yes. which is fantastic. Um, this year, though, you're headed. You're now you're to date 35 million on on pace to hit that 50 million goal. Yes, so,
0: definitely.
2: Well done. Tell us a little bit. You have you work with other people though. You've got a couple people on your team. Tell us about how that's set up.
0: Sure, I have um, a little bit different than a lot of the bigger teams out there. So I run everything, almost all the business I handle. So in order to have that amount of business, you need a full staff, and I have a great staff. I have a full-time listing uh, coordinator handles all the incoming calls, appointments, setting feedback. I have a full-time marketing person. I have a full-time showing assistant and then a full-time client concierge who does all lead nurture client, um, staying in touch with clients, past client development. And uh, so I need that that to support the clients, to support me to support the clients.
2: Nice. So was that four? Did I count four other people? Four
0: plus me and then uh, two younger agents on my team who, when they're um, lower priced or they're out of the zip codes that I work geographically, they work on those leads. Mm.
2: Yeah, and lower price because you have always um, played in the luxury space. As far as I know, like you came into the business in 2010, you joined Realty Executives, you've been there for eight and a half years, Right. But you're in my mind, I mean in our conversations, you're always on the higher end of the spectrum. The average in the valley for those agents that are around. Yeah, the I mean you're, you're is your two hundred and sixty thousand average marketplace. Two eighty. Yeah, two eighty. And and your average, do you know what your average is? Yeah, it's is? almost eight hundred
1: thousand dollars.
2: Yeah, so it's a little bit better than the average for the greater Phoenix area, yeah, right? Like, like four times. Yeah, like four hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, well done. Sorry to see Yeah, that. no, I was, I was just saying, I mean, it's, he's always been in the luxury space. I, w- I was thinking that you're, you're more like closer to $900 million last
0: year. Yeah, last year was a little bit higher. Yeah. Last year was almost a million dollar average. But, I mean,
1: if you want to average a million dollars, you're definitely in the luxury space. Like, you're not doing a ton of business, right. a ton of condos, or you're doing enough $4 million, $5 million deals, which are hard to come by. I mean, there was yeah. only over $5 million last
0: year. There's only 10, 12 deals, right? right. Like it's. But I would say though that a lot of those higher end deals came from smaller deals like I don't think you should turn down a 200 300 if you have the time to do it I would do those deals because they all add up you know five 200,000 dollar deals still reaches a million it takes more time and most agents do have the time to work on those and some of the best referrals I got were people who bought really small starter homes and the best client I ever got was from someone who bought a 99,000 dollar home I got a call and Said, oh, you helped my assistant out a few years ago. I'm coming in to buy a house. And I thought it was a prank call. They're looking at $5 million. I said, sure. And they said, well. You're like, there's an extra zero in there yeah. somewhere. <laughs> and I said, I didn't remember it because it was a $99,000 condo that she bought when I was like my first month in the business. And he said, can you pick me up at the airport? So I said, sure. What terminal he said no here are the tail numbers to my plane yeah <laughs> and he ended up buying a five million dollar home actually not that trip his next trip so yeah. that came from a ninety nine thousand dollar sale so if i have the time i don't turn down very much that might so, be so, our best story ever i love that story i, that story. <laughs> I, I mean the story the seabox
2: story is the guy that was a um, what was he trying he was he was looking for a seller carry forty thousand
1: dollar lot yeah that was actually it was a lead because i i, I didn't even want to work. It was I had a, my first buyer's agent ever. I'm like, he wants a lease purchase. Oh, lease purchase. Lease yeah. purchase piece of land for right. forty four thousand. That's under contract. Here you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that agent is
1: still on our. I mean, yeah, you know that has been uh, we, sold. We, a yeah, dozen we, we, we yeah, he's been a great client.
0: So. But you know, although my price point has become the median price point, isn't closer to a million. There are plenty of deals. There are those four or five million dollar deals. Where you get one or two a year, hopefully, yeah. that bring that average way up. Really, most of the deals are in that five to six hundred thousand dollars price points, which I'm thinking you got to have lots of patience because
1: um, I generally have struggled in over the two and a half three million range because they don't respect agents as much, right? So you really have to show patience to be able to hang in with them. Do you find that or no?
0: It's definitely a little bit harder, certain expectations, certain demands, uh, certain egos involved. It's definitely a little bit of a developed skill and I guess you could say patience to work with the higher price point. But, you know, the lower price points have that too. This is a lot of their money. It's everything to them. Yes. So there's a different set of emotions you have to work with and deal with. So I have just as much respect for people who work a lot of smaller I community. was talking,
1: I was, uh, sorry, I wasn't specific enough. The disrespect of your time and when they want to call and oh, when sir. they want your attention, full attention no matter when they want it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: <Yes,
1: yes>, yes. <laughs> Directly proportionate to the commissions that they pay. Yes, uh, yes,
0: yes, yes. It's, um, it is true. It seems like the wealthier clients want a lot more of your time and attention and oftentimes aren't hesitant to say so.
1: Right, because you you yeah. you couldn't have figured this business out on your own, could you? Right.
0: <laughs> That's true. The uh, it is true, and I spend a lot of time negotiating things like plants and landscaping and furniture at the higher. price Yeah, things point. that you don't get paid on. Yeah, certainly. Well,
2: the deal you look at the deal as the whole, right? And the right. client. I mean, not just the deal, but the client. Right. And obviously, like you talked about, you took care of the ninety nine thousand dollars deal, and that led you to a five million dollars deal. So we're taking you're taking care of that business so let's talk a little bit about the business where what do you consider I mean this is in a
1: sense we've been in our rising star series I want to say that but you are beyond a rising star like you're a comet right 80, you are, yeah, no but he fits rising star I mean we only need 50 percent increase year over year 80 million over 46 that's more than 50 percent increase so what's the so what causes that how do you go from doing uh, 46 to 80 plus?
0: So I got in the business less than nine years ago. It was November of 2010, and it was really I had my real estate license, and I needed to make a living. The real estate market had crashed, and I was doing something else and really needed a job trying to figure out my life. And I wasn't planning on being a realtor, but I saw it as a great opportunity. And literally, I didn't have money to market, so all I had was my time, which is, I think, the key to success. And I started sitting open houses every day. And actually, right. every every
2: weekend? What do you mean every day? Literally
0: every day. So there's a famous like every Saturday, every yeah. Sunday. I'm sorry yeah. to keep cutting you off. No, every I mean day. Every I just time. want to make sure that that point is getting made. So I won't mention her name, but one of the most successful agents in the valley for many years. She's now in her 80s. I would heard a story that she had done an home house every day for two years. Literally every day. And it's not Joanne Cowley. No. Okay. It's not. Huh. So the. I said, well, gosh, I could do that. So I called her. I asked her if I could buy her lunch. She said, no, just come to my office. And I asked her if that was true. And she said, I'm not saying I didn't miss a couple days here and there, but more or less it was true. So I said, well, I can do that. Right. So I made a goal to sit in a every day for two years. And when I started, I did 233 days in a row. Mm. Every day.
1: Can we give them a clap on that?
0: Yeah. I just want to know what day he began, which way he ended, well, and it was over
1: to summertime.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you know, to continue that story, so... I did, you know, Christmas Eve, New Year's Day, Easter Sunday, it didn't matter if it was pouring rain. Probably my best client I ever picked up was, was raining so hard that I couldn't even leave the house, pick up the signs. And they knocked on the door. They came in. They said, we're in town to buy. We thought there'd be open houses. And then they couldn't leave. So I taught them how to use the MLS. We spent an hour there, became friends, looked at houses the next day. They ended up buying a $700,000 house. But she was the HR for a company that relocated here, and I sold ten houses over the next two years to members of the mm. company just because I was the only person. It just there makes those day. stories
1: so much better. With open houses, yeah. yeah.
0: So I missed five days that year and seven days the next over two years, and I still do them. So I always say, and I say it modestly, like if I have time to do an open house, literally there isn't a realtor in the valley who doesn't have time to do an open house once a week, if not twice a month.
1: Yeah. Um, Interesting. I am. Um, I love the work ethic. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, he he has one skill though. He's a re- he's really good at making relationships in the, his inter- him... interpersonal. His interpersonal skills are. At the higher level, don't let him say you have one
0: skill. Right? You give him back. You get him back yeah.
1: No, no, no. But that's the best skill of an agent if you want one. know like when I teach because I Jason Mitchell on
0: it. And he's like, "Ah, oh, you just been in the open house and you just converted like 3 You know, right. I'm like, "Dude, you're right. you're special at yeah. this, right?" Yeah. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that, but I don't even know if that's true. I mean, if you look at it, if I did. In the first year, three hundred and fifty open houses, and maybe I sold ten homes. That doesn't make me look <laughs> very good. Yes. Yeah, but if you look at ten homes at an average commission of twelve thousand dollars, and made one hundred twenty thousand. Well, first year in a business. If you look at it that way, that's a lot. I mean, of
1: to me, I was more leaning towards. Right now, I'm trying to teach people to be more prepared for the open house. Yes. Right. When you got into the business, it was a little different the availability inventory wasn't out there. There wasn't 100 pictures of every house on the internet. Right. Like, like, the skills, like, you you, uh, you, and I have discussed this in past years. Like, it was a little easier to convert the open house lead because the consumer didn't have what they have today. Sure. And that today, open house people, I think, need to have off-market properties right. to have something to, to, to dangle those people to, to convert. Right.
0: And, and, you know, there is a lot of truth to that. You could... At the risk of arguing with you, I mean, there are also a lot less people doing open houses. If you drive around the valley on weekends, there's a lot less competition. There are a lot of more defeated agents, and I think you may have to work a little bit harder, but that's true for us, too, in different parts of our business. When markets are tougher, we adapt. We maybe work a few extra hours to try to make up for it, but I have agents in my team who are doing open houses consistently, and they are picking up leads, and then all of a sudden, they take a few months off, and all of a sudden, their pipeline is, it's weaker yeah it's not a coincidence but you do have to do a lot of them if you knew hey they only come in on saturdays you would work just saturdays but you don't know if they're going to be looking on the way home from work the way to work if their flight got delayed and they just happen to be looking houses so you have to do it or in the pouring rain yeah (laughs) yeah consistently and that's really the key the people who do the most it's sort of like fishing right if you go fishing every day even if you're not good at fishing you're going to catch Fish if you fish every day. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah. And yes. That's true. You know, versus somebody who's really great fisherman who fishes once a month, I still take the person who goes fishing every day to probably catch more fish over a year. Yeah. I agree.
2: Nice. So you, you do, those are your first two years in the business. Yes. And so now you have obviously, you don't do open houses every day, but you were no. saying last weekend you were sitting in an open house. So I don't want to take that away from you at all. But you have now. Um, parlayed your success into having systems and processes that you follow to help. Because again, I'm like, dude, you're doing 46 million and then you do 86 or 83 million. Like, that's a almost double. And I know it's not just stars align. Like, you put together some sort of plan of attack or effort, or is that when you brought on team members? Like, anything?
0: Uh-huh. You know, it's a slow growth. I mean, at the risk of sounding cliche, it's like if I always ask people if you were to open up a coffee shop, now, how many days in your first two years a week would you be there? And they all say, you know, seven, seven days, right? But then eventually you get busy and you hire staff. And then eventually you get busy and you have someone in a chicken suit flipping a sign. And then, you know, a marketing person. And then you do some other advertising and then you need more help. And you have an accountant and you build a business over eight, nine years. But I didn't start like that. But most agents have the time to do a lot of these things themselves. And then over time... You say, gosh, I need help here, and you interview and you find someone. I need some software systems, and you try a few, and they worked out. But it takes a lot of years. It's not something in the first two years I did, and there were a lot of mistakes along the way. But over eight years, yes, I've built up staff and found people and lost people and spent money on things that didn't work. So um, you're saying the
1: silver bullet is just work a lot and get better at what you do, and then you slowly build a
0: great business. That's Sort of the simple thing, yeah. your training program, success in, <laughs> success in 30 Minutes by Steve Jeff Sebaugh Phil Sexton. No, candidly, that's really the case. I mean, if you look at the best athletes in the world, some of them aren't the most talented, right? You talk, Michael Phelps, right, he, someone said he swam four hours a day for five years straight, right? So I didn't get a day out of the pool for five years, you know? You, talk about Tiger Woods like he was hitting. But he has, He, did, he did get to eat a lot, though. Yeah, yeah he does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He sounds did. like somebody on a diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, it's an advantage. Maybe we should start swimming. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, the best athletes in other professions, it seems to be, yes, they have great talent, but they seem to even excel and get to the next level by being the first one there and the last to leave and put in work and not just do the bare yeah minimum, and the best agents in the valley that are we can name a handful of people I mean you're running a team, you're going on listing agents, you're marketing, you're investing time into changing the business you're doing a podcast you know, there's a reason you guys are so successful you're not just showing up a few days a week ass- asking for a few leads and letting your phone ring. yeah, I mean
1: I think though agents are handicapped by the world of real estate because what you're explaining is something that we are telling the same story. I mean, it's not like this was planned in any way, but we tell the same story of, you know, uh, hard work and it's commitment to time and that you have to prospect and you have to, but it just seems that the industry wants to let everybody believe that it's easier. Right? Like to me, you know, brokers, uh, if you go interview with three new brokerages, they're going to tell you how... Oh if you come here you're going to be successful. If you come here you're going to be successful. If right. you come here you're going to be successful. And you go meet with the title rep and they're like if you come with me then you're going to sell houses. Yeah. If you come with me you're going to sell houses. Right like so always forget about the lead providers. Right. If you buy our leads you're going to be successful.
2: If you
0: buy our leads you're, if you buy our pro- yeah. product if you buy it's our product. Um, first of all if you're looking for jobs always go with the person who tries to talk you out of it. I mean that's really true. I mean if they're going to say this is really hard, you have to do it on your own. We're going to try to help you with leads, but we're going to give you support and training. If you're invested to make this a career, that's the person i go with because there are very few teams that have so many leads that they're just handing them out. You know, they'll keep them to their good agents or themselves. So in order to get those, you have to be really skilled and adapt and earn them. And the idea of someone saying, come with us, we're going to be so successful is a little disingenuous because if it were that easy, we just run an ad every month, the phone call would ring. And it takes a lot of work and effort
1: yeah
2: it's interesting as we have brought on and off team members over the last seven years now um when i'm sitting across the table from an agent and i don't i no longer know if that agent is going to be a killer or not i can't tell anymore right because you have people that you're thinking i don't know how this person is going to connect with anybody and the next six months they bring home 35 sales and you're like I, I don't know. I, and then you have somebody who is so good at selling you. They're just telling you about their, their how connected they are with their and everything yeah. that they've done and can do. And you're like, man, this person's going to be a killer. And then you're three months later and you've got no escrows to where now it's hard to tell, right? And so for us, one of the things, one of the searches that we're on is how can we find proven track records of talent right right where who's coming to the table not with a promise of what's gonna happen but a a history of what has happened so that we can then help build on that and that's i mean as we're talking about some of our killers right now the ones that sell two thousand houses over the last 20 years and now let's figure out how we can make that number grow on a yearly basis right sorry you got that It's it's an interesting it's an interesting game though. I like the I like when you were talking about you used to coach agents. You used
0: to do the training program at your brokerage. So I've done some training over the years and gone through interviewing and I don't find it easy any easier than you finding good people, but I have some accountability and tracking systems that I require for new agents and you can find out very quickly on how they fill out those forms, their attention to detail. So I use a form that's really a daily tracker, what their activities are on a daily basis face-to-face meetings we call something like break bread where it's you know coffee or lunch with someone um bigger group events maybe a business networking event like a chamber of commerce how many calls did you make to past clients current clients what i call referral partners how many thank you cards how many um emails did you send out to new relationships and you track that on a daily basis and we have certain goals and then we have a weekly what do you call call? the chart people i've heard they use their greatness tracker yeah
2: the greatness tracker. We actually have a greatness tracker on our agent resources. It's yeah. funny. Some yeah. people
0: call that Darren Hardy. Are you a Darren Hardy guy? I'm not, but that yeah. form is used around in a lot of these training organizations. And then you have a weekly time block calendar where you have to treat this like a full-time job. And, you know, it can be your time at the gym, you know, family time, date night, um, open house hours, showing hours. And you have to hold to that really strictly. So before you go to bed on Sunday night, you have to send me what your plan is for the week. And then finally, your lead tracker. That better be growing because if you only have two or three names on that, you better have a really good closing ratio. Otherwise, (laughs) you're going to have a hard time paying (laughs) your bill. So, you know, the goal is to fill that up. And I only look at leads that are people who are going to buy or sell in the next six months. Anybody who's renting and a year from now says they're going to buy is not a real lead. I've had some of my best clients call me, and I think they want to list their house, and they tell me, well, our neighbor, we started playing – Bridge with them and we're good friends and you know you were great but i want to list the house so too much can happen in a year we've seen that with current clients walking into model home centers. so if someone's not planning or buying really in the next four months that's not a real lead so then we track that and if you're doing the other activities and if your lead tracker is not growing hey let's sit down and find out why and if we can improve that um, if you're not doing those things they're not going to have a good lead tracker. And if you have a new agent and they're following that and they're talking to you and going over it and trying to improve, they're dedicated to this business. Right. And that type of person will succeed who's looking at this as a real job and being accountable to themselves. And you're keeping the line. The person who just kind of wakes up in a day and says, gosh, what should I do today to find a new client? Unless they're just lucky, they're not going to succeed. And this is not a business where you can rely on luck for five, ten, eight, and Probably beyond because most people are trying to do this as a career, not just, hey, I can make some money for the next two years. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit about it in the pre-show.
1: Um, so you you used to mentor new agents in the yes. business, right? So can you tell us about like anything that how you would help people realize whether they were on the right track or, you know, whether they were doing the right am- amount of activities? I mean, this is the daily form that he was just talking about, right?
0: So when I got into this business and I had some prior corporate background Wall Street and phone calling cold calling and so as a result. Give we, me five. Sorry. Sorry. Were yeah. you a
1: cold caller? I Give me five was, five. Yeah. So
0: we had to He dresses nicer than I. You know. <laughs> <laughs> not today. He's at he <laughs> Wall Street. He not said podcast. He's a podcast, a a podcast yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. To radio way. show. But if he I said, was good I would up. always have an emergency suit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only you only did eighty million. We just didn't let them get it. We just
0: didn't let them. They said get no. It's starting we're really, really, half we're half really in We don't have time. The top five of every list
1: that we know, right? Like we were only good, right? <laughs> the,
0: uh, when I got into business and I learned this on Wall Street, right? It didn't matter how good you were at trading stocks and you know buying uh, assets for clients if you didn't have any. So they didn't let us think we were financial advisors or planners or investment bankers. We were in the prospecting business so i always thought of this as it doesn't matter it's like if you're a chef if nobody comes into your restaurant how good are you doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't doesn't matter how good you are didn't matter how so i never really tried to be a great realtor i think by doing enough transactions you learn that i tried to be really good at prospecting so i looked at this as my job on a daily basis was to be prospecting and i wanted to make sure that i was doing a certain amount of either talking to people who can buy a house sell a house or refer me to someone who can buy or sell a house and that's how i judged my day and my hours and I tried to look at myself critically and say, if my job is prospected, meaning talking to those groups, buyers, sellers, or people who can refer you to them, would I give myself a raise? Would I even hire myself? Or gosh, maybe I would fire myself. And most agents, when I sit with them and they and I ask them these questions, hey, your job is to talk to these three categories of people: buyers, sellers, or people who can refer you to them. How much of that have you done in the last week? Would you give yourself a raise or would you fire yourself? And, Almost unilaterally, they cross the board, they say, I'd probably fire myself. So you can't expect to succeed if well, that's your job, is to meet new clients, and you're working 50 hours a week, but you're only doing four hours a week of your job. Any other job, you would get fired on. If you're a trainer, and you're not training people, right. but you're still working 40 hours a week, but only two of you are training people, you're not going to be very successful in your work. And so most people aren't doing the right money-making activities and they're not doing enough of them, even though they're all hard workers or they think they're hard workers. You know,
2: when we talk with agents on our team, and which I, I love everything that you're saying, just so you know. And when we talk to agents on our team, we talk about the mindset shift that they're embarking on, right? Because joining our team doesn't always look like just getting your license, obviously. But what I like that you're talking about is you are changing people's minds, too, and trying to get them to quit trying to be a good realtor and be a good prospector. You're starting ahead of the game, right? Which I think that that's a good mental game. Because we all need these mental exercises. It doesn't matter how where you get them, right? We all need these different mental exercises to help us keep going, pushing through the boring times
1: of, or whatever. I like that one. You Be a good prospector this week. This so month. if you could help them at home, how how could they look at themselves in the mirror by looking at their
0: phone like
1: you were telling us so
0: that. it's a little activity that i did i started and then the people i trained i made them do that and i guess you can see it but you would take their phone and then we would go through your call history so you can see it and i won't show mine hopefully not up close so you don't yeah, see don't so. you look at and you go through it yesterday's history or the last two days and you start deleting all right that's a realtor that's a title company wait a minute that's is that my wife's phone oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's LB. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you start deleting. All right, that's a client, that's a family member, that's a friend, that, that's a lender. Lenders definitely don't count, even if you're listening. You know, title companies, that's the same client. And you go through and you delete the calls that are not either buyers, sellers, or, again, people who can refer you, buyers, or sellers. And at the end of the day, let's see how many actual money making phone calls that you actually had. And I haven't seen anybody have more than two. Wow. In one day.
2: Even after you've done that example, now, these are With new family. agents. Yeah, we yeah, go through
0: course. it as a group. Yeah, but like more than once. Yeah, so first six day months the business, they go through and you get rid of lenders, title companies, inspectors, appraisers, family members, Verizon. And wow. you look through and very few people are talking to enough potential buyers or sellers uh, in a day. And I just say, look, make a goal. So I want to talk to 10 people a day make those calls by noon and go play golf. I mean, right. you don't drag out a whole day to make two calls. And you can't keep talking to the same client that one deal right. and count that as, "Well, I worked 4 hours today." That isn't your job. That's executing on your previous job, which is finding new clients. And it's like you always hear athletes say, you know, all the success was the, you know, last 6 months of practice. And that's really true. You have to really spend your time. Yeah. Uh, talking yeah. to people. And most people they ask what's the best technology you have in softwares and systems. And I always, you know, pick up my phone. I mean, there has to be ten people you can call and say with your phone and say, hey, you know, I see your business is growing. You're became partner at the law firm. I'd love to buy a coffee and hear about your success. Or hey, you know, you're teaching kids soccer. I'm I'd love to hear how you're doing personally and you can really find a way and have coffee. It only takes twenty minutes. It's only a few dollars and no okay, so what about
1: if they ask you well, what do I say to them
0: the It's a fairly easy conversation because it's you're asking people about their family they ask you about their family are you a Ford guy well, I've heard that, but I've always kind of thought of that naturally. I mean if we have a conversation how's your family great how's yours how's work great how's yours and they naturally ask you, and you should be able to say to them, Great real estate's going really well, I just helped this young family find a home, or I found this investor a, a property at a discount, and you can use a success story. Are you a storyteller? I don't Here really you. think of that myself
1: like that, but maybe I am. Do you think I am? You are, yeah. I am. I'm actually, you're a really good storyteller. Oh. Yeah. No, <laughs> actually, I find the people that, and we, we try and work with people to, to, to help them, because it's it helps people relate. Right? Like a story takes people from this thing over here to uh, I can relate to that. And it helps people, it marries an idea and a concept to um, them taking it and, and really understanding it. Because people are just constantly distracted every single day. Absolutely. And they have to really be in the conversation, and stories help people really connect with the conversation.
0: Okay. And as a salesperson, you learn that over time. Most of the people who are realtors are likable, charismatic professional, they definitely are passionate passionate about their business and most people are excited about houses so it's not a hard conversation to have right. and the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. getting. Certainly, people are going to be better and some not as well but it really is about the numbers. Most people listening, most realtors, have enough friends and network that they would, wouldn't be able to have lunch and coffee. So find your five closest people, talk to them, find out what they do, learn about them. And, you know, let them know that what you're doing. You don't have to, I never ask, hey, who do you know can buy a solar house? I share with them what I'm doing. I care about them. And hopefully they think highly of me when someone mentions it. But I I can't understate this enough that it's a numbers game. I mean, on Wall Street, it was you make 200 calls a day, you talk to 20 people, you get 10 leads, and one person wants to buy. And you try to focus on that success. And very few people, I don't care how talented you are, are gonna be able to do a third of that and reach the level of success you want. It's really, you can make up a lot for inability of storytelling and some of these other things you were nice enough to say about me, true or not, for working. In fact, some of the most successful people in life, including Wall Street, weren't the smartest, weren't the smoothest on the phone. They were the ones who were the first in, the last to leave, made the most calls, worked on Saturdays when they didn't have to.
1: Yes. I mean, it's my defeated it. my success as well. I, I know. I think that's going to be a wrap. I know that I don't. I don't want to keep you too long. Three I, minutes. I, his point think, was very simple. Going? Three minutes. Okay.
0: Right. The I don't, and I hope this doesn't sound flip, but as a salesperson, as a realtor, I don't really pay attention. I don't care. I always feel like if your goal is to sell twelve houses, there have to be. If you're going to be in this business, you have to believe that there are 12 people out there who think highly enough of you and value you personally professionally that there's 12 people a year who will either buy or sell a house with you. There has to be. That's market. the
2: nicest way anybody's ever told me they don't give a shit.
1: Make <laughs> really? you think about and
0: it. This has been a great market to sell real estate, but also the number of realtors has doubled. We've had other big players, Zillow, Redfin, Open Door. The competition has never been greater. The listings are down, but the good realtors are doing more business. So there's always a challenge high interest rates, low interest rates, low inventory, high, high inventory. Now the competition has never been greater, but there are still realtors doing business because they're out there. Believing that there's 10 or 20 or 30 people every year who think highly enough and see the value in using you as you know someone to help them buy their dream home or help them sell their home. There definitely is for everybody listening.
1: Love it. Wrap it up. See I, I'm good. I, I was going to ask him, what do you see the as the toughest, your toughest competitor in the market
0: split space? The toughest competitor right now is inventory is really low. so. A lot of the realtors who have had a easier time selling homes are going to have to roll up their sleeves and work a little bit harder. It's harder at open houses because they have a lot of the information. But there are still agents on my team that I know at that value who have who are doing the open houses. Hey, every Wednesday and Saturday I do an open house for four hours. At the end of the month, they're saying, yeah, I picked up 18 people and I'm talking to two and one is buying." So the inventory is low and I think you have to work harder and, and clearly – the market has been on, what, a nine-year bull run. So things are going to flatten out at some point. I'm not sure if it's in the short term. So you have to be prepared to work harder if you want to stay in this business. But there's plenty of business. If you look at the number of sales each year, I mean each month on closings, on the house, Yeah, there's plenty of closings for everybody listening. Yes. So to say you can't sell houses is just not true. You can look at the numbers you're selling, them, Are you just willing to work hard enough to do it. But almost every realtor I met is talented enough and likable enough to do it. They're just not on a daily basis doing the money-making activities. Money-making,
1: that's what I'm going to take from this, right? Right. The money-making activities laid down by the James Wexler.
2: Number one, Realty Executives agent, been there 10 years, appreciate you coming in, man. Thanks, guys. You're awesome, buddy. Awesome, thank you. Thanks. Count us down, Mauricio.
1: For listening, if you like this episode, show us some love by sharing with your friends or clicking the five-star like button. To view all of our content, visit www.agenttruth.com.